are tuning in to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. My name is Bree, and you can find me at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. Check out the show notes for more information, including a link to my website. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. I would like to begin today's episode of Yoga Podcast with a message that I sent to someone just this morning who was displaying toxic qualities in my life. And what I told them was, miscommunication is the death of peace. And what I meant by that was, when we are not on the same page, and we are not willing to create forward moving progress, and two people are saying something that one or both parties are not willing to listen to, then there's such blockages there. As you know, I follow the chakra system and I love relating the chakra system to how I'm feeling in life and where I think other people are currently in their vibration in their lives. And when someone is not listening and they're not willing to hear, but they only want you to listen to them, they only want to speak their truth, then that tells me right away that their throat chakra is not aligned, that it's blocked, that it's closed perhaps. And then I start to evaluate the heart chakra, the solar plexus, the sacral, and of course the root. And I try to figure out where in the chakra system this person may be misaligned. And if I am going to be able to be of any service to them in this particular moment or if ever. And with this person that I'm referencing, it is gave me a great opportunity to reflect because my chakras are very aligned and I am at the present moment feeling very secure, very safe, very empowered, very compassionate. I'm feeling very intuitive. I'm open. I'm resourceful. I am stable. I am completely solid when it comes to dealing with someone else as of right now. And so I knew that I was able to handle this toxicity that this person was spreading like confetti. And I was really proud of that because sometimes it's challenging if I have a misalignment and that person has a misalignment. But it's always rewarding to be able to take a step back without being, you know, taken back from who I am, who I represent, and really doing the work, really practicing yoga off of the mat. So as I was having this situation with this person, I knew that this person wasn't coming from their highest vibration, but my history with this person has been this way. And no matter how much I try to empathize, sympathize, and be able to share in compassion with this person, it has never, ever, ever progressed beyond a certain point. And so it got me thinking about toxicity and trauma. And I thought, you know what? Let's talk about the gray rock method. We've been talking a lot about 
psychology and different ways to think about things and how to continue to learn and grow as a person, as a human and as a spiritual being. And so I can see my evolution over time. I've been presented with my fair share of toxic relationships, toxic people in my life. I've had trauma bonds with people. But the good news is, is that I really feel like I have done the work and I have healed from trauma. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't have triggers and that I don't have situations that may come up in the future that remind me to continue to do the work. But I can tell you that I can see the progress within my own self, my own life, and I have chosen self-care above all else. And it's really comforting to see that within myself, even if it doesn't create any type of resolution with anyone else. And that's okay because there are times when you have to realize that you may not be able to both heal and continuously be entangled with a toxic person. Part of trauma, um, I want to say part of healing from trauma, a big part of getting over and, and not dealing with the effects of PTSD is being able to completely heal and isolate from the traumatic experiences that keep re-triggering whatever it is that is causing you to stay connected to the trauma. And so when you have people in your life that are not good for you or do not encourage you to be the best person you can be and you be able to reciprocate that, then indeed you are going to constantly be re-triggered in many, many different ways. So one of the things that we have to establish is what is a toxic person? You know, we talk about toxicity, we talk about people being toxic, but what is it? You know, what makes a person toxic? Well, I like to think of it more like the person has toxic qualities because if we are in engagement with most people, there's a chance that they have something about them that we relate to that's not negative, right? There's some positive traits there. What tends to happen, however, is as the dynamic of the relationship continues to transpire over time, the toxic quality person, the person who lives closer to their lowest vibration, tends to dominate the relationship with that energy. For whatever reason, Negative energy seems to have a much greater effect than positive energy. It's like electrons versus protons, you know? So this energy is strong and it is not able to be resolved by someone trying to spread love versus someone trying to spread hate. So that's first thing to understand is that there's probably nothing you can do to have someone, to teach someone, to encourage someone to live at their highest vibration. What you have to do if you're really dealing with someone who's considered to be toxic, toxic, excuse me, you have to protect yourself first. So one of the things that I like to think of when I'm recognizing someone who's toxic or has toxic, toxic qualities is are they being judgmental? Are they taking accountability? Are they able to apologize? 
Are they trying to be controlling in some aspect? Do they lack in other areas that they should be strong in, such as being able to take care of themselves, interpersonal stability? Are they able to take care of themselves financially, professionally, physically? And are they abusive, unsupportive, or unhealthy emotionally? Do they bring you down more than they bring you up, essentially? They want to begin to make you either fear them or have dependency upon them, even if it's subconscious. And that's what makes this personality trait so, so toxic for others and for the person, for the host, right? So how do you spot a toxic person? Well, first you have to deal with who you are. Do you have a sensibility about yourself? Do you feel... Like you are safe and secure. Do you feel like you are able to express your own creativity? Do you feel like you're aligned with who you are as a person or as a spiritual being? Do you feel empowered? Are you able to speak your truth? Are you able to listen to others? Are you able to have compassion for self and for others? You know, do you have a higher sense of self? Are you connected on a global scale? And do you trust your intuition? Do you trust yourself? And if you find yourself out of alignment somewhere, then you need to work on that because it's really hard to spot someone who is out of alignment if you are out of alignment. So it's important to take time for self-care every chance you get. Take time to reflect on your life, who you are, the decisions you've made, and your why, your purpose. To journal so that you can have an accurate um, well, most accurate description of your perception of self at the time. And be open to deal with your shadow side, which we've talked about on Yoga Podcast. Be comfortable with figuring out where you are on the spectrum before trying to figure out where someone else is. Once you have this dialed in, you can then really start to spot toxic people. And... I read a really great article and it talked about the seven types of toxic people and I thought that it was a real good representation of archetypes. And Hey there, yogis. It's Breezy Bree and I'm so sorry for interrupting the show and our flow. But did you know that you could help support the podcast in a very simple way? I mean, let's face it. You were already going to buy yoga pants, right? As a Lululemon influencer, I'm part of the Lululemon Collective and will receive a commission if you make a purchase through the links below in the show notes. So please purchase your Lululemon yoga pants and all your other gear and join the hashtag The Sweat Life with me and support the yoga podcast. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Namaste. We discussed some of this in the beginning of the episode, but to truly dial it in, in case you are still wondering if you are needing some boundaries, a safe place, some self-care away from this toxic archetype, the first is the person who is completely self-centered and will never be attentive to your needs. They are the type of person that 
They don't ask you questions. They don't wait for your responses, even if they did. And furthermore, they tend to utilize you for their self-esteem. They were probably neglected as children and don't have a healthy way of really being able to understand who they are. They have not been able to grow with introspection. And so everything is external. And even though there is so many empaths and caregivers and things of that nature, people who like to mother others who tend to not only attract these people in their lives, but all and most of the toxic qualities people on today's list but in particular this person because this person is seeking validation and the other people who are more codependent are wanting to offer that in order to get something back which is typically this one-sided relationship that takes a while to really envelop into something that you can recognize as being toxic so of course Just like anything, it starts off as being warm and fuzzy, but can really be hurtful and painful toward the end, and there will always be an end. The next archetype is the person who is going to steal your mental freedom. This person wants to be in charge of what you do, what you say, and even what you think. They want to control everything and everyone around them, and they tend to have an issue when you disagree with them. They won't stop trying to convince you that they are right and possibly that you are wrong, and especially that you should do what they say. And this person will constantly nag you, not give you any breathing room until you are in complete alignment with them and their purpose. So this is definitely the person that you need the most boundaries with because this could actually turn into a violent situation, but a definitely a mentally and emotionally abusive situation. The next is the person that we call the spiritual vampire. These are the people that suck the positivity out of you or bleed you emotionally dry. They always have something negative or pessimistic to say or something's always going on in their lives that is sad. They want to essentially have misery and company (laughs) and they want to bring everyone down and even if this isn't consciously what they're trying to do it is a byproduct of the spiritual vampire so you want to be careful with this person because they can turn everything into a negative experience for you and definitely from their perspective The next is similar, and this is the drama person. This is someone who always has something going wrong. And even once the problem is solved, another one just emerges and takes the place of that one. It doesn't even matter if you offer them help and solutions. They never quite seem to want to fix anything. Instead, they complain and complain and complain some more, and they just want your empathy, your sympathy, and your support. But of course, they never really truly want your advice. So the drama king or queen or person is really toxic because you are wasting your time. And time is the most precious and valuable 
thing that we all have. So this is why they are not only just, you know, Debbie Downer to be around, but they are just a waste of time. The next is the jealous and judgmental person. I know you're like, wait, what? Jealous and judgmental? Well, if you really think about it, the person who's judgmental is really actually quite jealous. This is their vice. Jealous people are incredibly toxic because they have so much self-hate that they can't be happy for anyone around them. And typically their jealousy comes out of judgment, criticism, or gossip of others. And according to them, everyone else is awful or lacking in some way. And if someone starts to gossip jealousy about other people, watch out and be really mindful when you find yourself partaking in this, even in accidentally agreeing with someone else. I used to have this trait about myself many years ago, thank goodness, where if I was in the presence of someone, especially someone that I wanted to keep the peace with or maybe even wanted to impress, I would not necessarily agree with them, but I wouldn't disagree with them. And silence when you are with toxic people is agreeing with their point of view, their disposition. That is how they're going to see it anyway. So what I found myself was I was getting involved in these situations and when you know, it came out that this person was gossiping or whatever the case may be, they were always able to say, well, Brie was there and she agreed. And I would feel completely thrown under the bus and I would have to explain how I didn't agree, but I was there and I did hear these things and I didn't take action. I didn't stand up for the person, for myself, for the principal. And I learned some valuable lessons with that. And even though ultimately the person that I was silent around therefore agreeing with was typically someone in authority or someone important to me I had to eventually allow that relationship to sever and standing up for the rights and principles of not allowing toxicity into my life or to pass through me so I had to create a boundary and it never ended well because I had already been involved, you know, a party to the crime so many different times that by the time I created the boundary, I seemed inauthentic. I seemed like I was the problem, not the solution. And I learned, as I said, valuable lessons from this. So now if I'm around someone, I will either excuse myself and not be a part of that conversation or the situation, which is very easy to do, by the way. And if it's someone that I have some connection with that I need to still be in proximity with them, I now take it upon myself to say, could you not have that conversation in my presence? Or I don't agree with what you're saying and this is why. And I run the risk of the relationship falling apart because of that. And I'm completely comfortable with that now. So the jealous, judgmental person is definitely a toxic quality that unfortunately I think is pretty common and you will see this in the workplace, you will see this in the school setting, you will see this in your friend circle, you will definitely experience this if not Multiple times during the week, some people will experience this multiple times during the day, unfortunately. So it's really hard, but it's something that you're going to need to take a stand on if you really want to 
recover and overcome having toxic people in your life. The next is the person who likes to tell little lies and big lies. And basically liars or exaggerators are exhausting to have around because this is not only a toxic quality, but it allows you to be deceived. Again, it's like the jealous, judgmental person. You are allowing that person to tell you these stories, essentially. And you, by allowing them to utilize you as their platform, their audience, you're giving them power. You are encouraging them to continue on with it. And the issue with this is that many of us tell little white lies. Some of us tell really major lies. And so dishonesty tends to drain us because we are constantly doubting not only that other person's words, but even it starts to have us doubting ourselves. It has us doubting the partnership, the relationship, the interaction. So if your intuition is telling you something, then watch out, be careful. And if you find yourself partaking in the gossip as the jealous, judgmental person or the little white lies, just know you're on a slippery slope of being a toxic person or having toxic qualities yourself. And once you condone your own lifestyle to be able to protect you from yourself in that way, then not only are you no longer participating in self-care, which is a full-time job, I'll have an entire episode on that, but you are then unable to discern the toxic qualities of others. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we really have to do the work on ourselves first. We have to seek out our shadow side And we have to accept who we are and make progress, forward progress movement to be better. Once you know better, you do better, Maya Angelou. But seriously, you have to really do the work because you are going to attract, you are a magnet for your vibration. And if you are not living at your highest polarity, well, then you cannot really expect that to come back for you. The next archetype, and I think I might be at the last archetype for the article that I read. The next archetype is the person that likes to crush others. (laughs) So this is a person who crushes other people's ideas. They do not want to take any advice. They don't want to consider other people's feelings or or even um, consider that They could learn something from someone else. They are incredibly arrogant. They see their personal opinions as facts. And they tend to think they're the smartest person in the room. So they see every conversation and person as a challenge that must be won over. So they are the natural debater, even when the other person doesn't know that they have entered into a debate zone, right? They are always in competition, even though the other person doesn't realize that they are participating in the race. They rarely see others as equals. And this, of course, is going to be a huge challenge, especially if you're trying to form any type of connection with them that is from the place of love or at least from a high vibration. And the best way to really ask yourself if you are dealing with a person with this type of toxic quality is, do you feel respected? And 
If the answer is no or I'm not sure, then take a step back until you can really answer that question with a yes. And observe. Observe with all of these archetypes. Be an observer. Don't get into the battlefield with any of these people because they have honed this skill, this quality has not just shown up overnight. This is something they've been living with and this is something they've been completely mastering. So you don't want to fight toxicity with toxicity. And to be honest with you, it's really hard to even fight toxicity with sunshine. The best thing that you can do is distance yourself. So we're going to talk about the gray rock method. And this can help you to shut down toxic people, okay? So when it comes to dealing with toxic people, the advice that is often given is that you should simply cut them out of your life, right? Just let go and let live. But we all realize that even though that sounds amazing, we have to sometimes work with these people. Sometimes these people are bosses. Sometimes these people, unfortunately, are our spouses or even our parents or family members. Hopefully they're not your friends. Hopefully they're not your employees because I would think that then if you cannot resolve this, then you do have to let them go. Now, another common recommendation that I've even talked about on today's podcast episode is to set up clear, firm boundaries. But people really don't understand what that means and how to even do it. And it's really challenging because toxicity is like black mold. By the time you see it, it is probably really, really too late or it has overtaken some form or another that's going to need a complete rebuild, okay? So let's talk about the gray rock method. This is a technique for dealing with toxic people that avoids the extremes of cutting them out or confronting them. Instead, you take what is essentially a neutral position and you make yourself as boring as humanly possible, as in as boring as a gray rock. Now, I'm the first to admit that I'm a passionate human being. I am someone who goes hard and someone who can definitely get too um, emotionally involved in a situation. I've done really good over the years. I've done the work to realize that that's not always the best solution, right? I cannot teach everybody. I'm not anyone's guru. And at the end of the day, I can't always cut people out of my life. I cannot always create a boundary that that person isn't going to just rip down and crush through like the Hulk. So I've had to learn to just let it go, just blend in, just adhere to the gray rock method. And I have to tell you guys, it works. Even with someone as crazy, vibrant, passionate as myself, both on the highest polarity and sometimes on the lowest, sometimes I would join the battle and get all the scars from the war, but I've come to see that this works. So let's talk about it. Emotional vampires, as I mentioned, or what people can consider narcissists or even psychopaths or sociopaths or whatever hardcore label that floats around the world today, essentially 
toxic people, bad people, people who bring you down, people who are not lifting you up, okay? It doesn't matter what you call them. If they're not creating a little bit of sunshine or more sunshine than rainy clouds, then this is the conversation we need to be having. So for all my people, this is what you need to really, really think about. Now, when you deal with the gray rock method, basically what you're doing is you are creating an environment that doesn't allow them to flourish, right? It's it's a dry desert environment for the toxic black mold, which feeds on moisture. <laughs> so the gray rock method allows you to create an environment that is inhabitable to those people. But if you're an empath, if you're a person who loves to nurture, if you like to mother, in some respect, if you like to try to control situations through your giving nature, which is a form of, you know, unconscious manipulation, then you even have to check where you're at first because this won't work. You have to truly be on board. Okay. So picture a gray rock. It's unremarkable, it's forgettable, and it is similar to countless others scattered nearby. Even the most enthusiastic collector probably wouldn't have a lot to say about this rock. So if you wanted to escape notice, become a gray rock, might seem, now this might seem like a good way to go about it, of course, but people cannot actually turn into rocks. So... That's where the idea of the gray rock comes from. Okay, you know this stuff. I'm just reading my notes. Bear with me here. Now, how to know when to use it and when not to? Well, first of all, it is and should be used, as I mentioned, with toxic or manipulative behavior. It should not be used if you really, really want to invest your time and energy in someone else. So if you're a parent For instance, if you're a teacher, possibly even if you're a mentor or boss, you may want to do your best to create an environment and try to lead in a way that helps the other. And of course, if not, then need to figure out how to cut them off, create a boundary, or possibly go to this method. You are going to offer them nothing, 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 nothing. Toxic and manipulative people thrive on conflict, thrill, and chaos, okay? They actually love it when you're trying to explain yourself. They love it when you're trying to get them to change and see your point of view because it allows them a platform to do the same. And remember, they have been at this a lot longer than you. So maybe you just have the one toxic person, but they've been toxic to hundreds of people, right? So you reply with just general yes or no's, mm-hmm, got it. You make it clear and concise. You answer questions that are work-related or professional to the full extent that you can. You try to avoid your infusing your personal opinion or emotions in the conversation. You keep the details small and uh, precisely connected to what it is that they're trying to get out of you. You are like essentially making it 
difficult for them to create dialogue or to rattle your cage, okay? So you disengage and you disconnect. You can avoid eye contact with these people. You can focus on another activity and multitask while dealing with them. This gives them the impression that you're detached. You um, direct your attention elsewhere. You keep yourself distracted. You are intentional with your responses. You do not allow them to get you to respond on the fly. You take time to get back to whatever the situation is. You dot your I's and cross your T's, especially in a work environment. But in a personal situation, you essentially do not give them any of your attention emotionally, mentally. You don't give them advice. You don't try to help them. You don't Show them that they are your favorite person. You don't give them information about yourself. You don't share secrets with them. You don't get lonely and go to them. You don't get desperate and go to them. You don't make them your personal project. You do not engage, okay? You do not let them know what you're up to, what you're doing, where you've been, where you're going. If you are in a romantic relationship with this person, you need to get professional help with the relationship, okay? I wanna make that clear. So professionally, you be professional. If you're in a spousal relationship, a romantic relationship, an intimate relationship, they're your caregiver, they're your parents, they're your children, they're your boss, um, your employees, you try to get as much help as you can before you essentially do anything that can jeopardize your position, right? So if you need to talk to a therapist for yourself, make sure you let them know that you are having a challenge expressing yourself. You are having a challenge creating healthy, positive relationships or boundaries in your life that you may feel like you're losing your identity or self-awareness and that connecting with others is important to you and you're having trouble doing it with these people. And if you're a person who has suffered from trauma, please put your mental health above all else. Self-care is a full-time job. It is more important than any position you may have with this person. Even if they're your spouse, even if they're your parents, even if they're your teacher, even if they're your boss, even if they're your child. I'm going to share two personal stories in a professional setting. One was I had an employee working for me, but she was being supervised by another person who had been, who had exuded toxic qualities. And I had been getting reports on this person that, you know, she was controlling and she just, she just did all the micromanagement things that you would not want in a work environment. And my employee, I was probably not a very good mentor and boss in this particular situation because I absolutely adored this employee. I thought this person was great. She had great ideas. She was a go-getter. She was a team player. And she came to me and she had complained about this person having toxic qualities. And I, instead of responding and being proactive, and in that case, maybe even being immediately reactive, I encouraged the person, the employee, to 
basically do either the gray rock method or to overcome it with, you know, basically having positive behavior and that this person could maybe teach their supervisor something, which was really, really a bad idea and, and not good advice. And therefore, she ended up coming to me one day resigning and she said, my mental health is more important than this position. And I love this position and I love working with you and I love everything about it, but I, I can't handle this. And I, to this day, respect and value that was the stance she took because it taught me boundaries. It taught me a person who hadn't really dealt with trauma, hadn't really dealt with important things that I needed to deal with, definitely was not practicing yoga on or off of the mat. And that taught me a lesson and it really got me thinking and and being more introspective about these types of situations and these types of people and my own um, ability to allow suffering and pain and trauma and abuse and things like that in my life and therefore almost encouraging the toxic person to win and the person being abused by that toxicity to lose. And then another situation that I observed was another person who was very toxic in an environment that again, I would constantly be battling with this person and I would um, always, you know, find myself trying to encourage this person to be better. And, you know, I was just wasting time and energy and frustrated. And I had um, someone who I was teamed up with and she was just by nature, like the gray rock method, super friendly, super sweet, super uh, team player, but very much um not a person who would engage in drama, traumas, anything that was presented and not in any like forceful way, just not her nature. And I one day was just observing the person with the toxic qualities talking to the naturally gray rock method person. And this person with the toxic qualities was gossiping and getting frustrated and wanting to drag this person into the drama. And she just went, Oh, uh uh-huh. Okay. Mm hmm. I see. And she just, and she wasn't, she never gave her eye contact, just like the stuff I mentioned. She kept multitasking, doing what she was about. And the other person, I don't know if they consciously or unconsciously saw what was happening, but eventually just moved on to somebody else who would engage. And I observed it and watched it. And I didn't know it was the gray rock method, but I, I saw what took place and I started to realize, whoa, that worked. And I thought it's better to do that than to what I was doing, which was constantly trying to debate back and forth with this person as to why they're not seeing things clearly. But I wasn't in a teaching environment. I wasn't in the environment where that was going to make a difference. So really, I was just wasting my time and giving this person a platform to speak their opinion because no one wanted to hear it. But as long as I was adding some sort of opposition or even value to the conversation, I was giving this person an opportunity to also speak their mind. And really, this person didn't deserve the opportunity at all, yet here I was offering it up on a silver platter. 
So I've seen all the different styles and I've participated in a lot of them. And I can tell you with the person the other day that um, or this morning, I should say that I sent that message to. That was it. That person didn't respond. I wasn't trying to create conversation or dialogue. I was actually um, just I was in the upper position of this person, but Moral of the story is, I said my piece. I had nothing else to say. I will not have anything else to say. Um, I let that person know after I gave them that statement that I will no longer be engaging in conversation directly with them, that I will run everything up to their superior first, um, as this was a professional conversation I was having with this person. And that was that. We're done. Me and you are done. I'm done playing the merry-go-round. I'm done playing the games with you. I do not want to engage in the negativity. I see that you're not about progress. You're not about team. You're not about anything other than controversy. You want to come out ahead, but you don't even know what that means. And I'm giving you a platform. I've given you a platform, but no longer. So that was a growth for me. And I was inspired to have this conversation with yoga podcast because as a person who teaches trauma-informed practices, especially with yoga, person who is a thriver, not just a survivor from trauma, I understand what it's like to be trauma-bonded to others, to continue in the cycle of craziness and what it takes to overcome that. And it's not easy Even this conversation is not going to resolve it, but it is going to start to open up your mind, make you think about where you're at on the spectrum, where the people in your life, in your inner circle are on the spectrum as well. And hopefully we'll give you some tips, tricks, and tools to create an awareness. So with that all said, thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing me to have this kooky, wacky conversation with all of you. I um, am not sure if I got my point across and and hopefully one person is able to enjoy this in a way that's beneficial. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste. I am so honored that you're listening to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. Never miss an episode. Download the free app on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Please also rate the show with five stars. I would greatly appreciate that. Visit me on my website at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. I include free yoga sequences every single month. You can leave a comment or message me and we can connect. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful personal practice. Namaste.